Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast about Aston Villa on a momentous day in football history. 12 clubs from across Europe, including the so-called Big Six from England, have announced their intention to form a Super League. It's been met with waves of criticism from fans, politicians and rival football clubs like Aston Villa. Less than 24 hours after the announcement, I spoke to Manchester City fan David Mooney, who hosts the Blue Moon podcast and the Athletics Why Always Us. I got his immediate thoughts on his club joining the Super League. I, I think my, my first reaction and my main reaction is uh, I'm disappointed but not surprised. Um you take you go back to um you know you go back decades and money the influx of money into football has always kind of it's always pointed in this direction um and the the fact that this has been a threat from you know the uh the so-called big six clubs i know i know teams that aren't in the big six clubs that often sometimes finish in the top six positions don't like the phrase big six but it's it's a nice handy short form of saying who i'm talking about Mm. um I know, like those clubs have have always kind of every four or five years or so played this card of, well, we could just leave and do a European Super League, and then then where would you be? You need to give us more slice of the pie. Mm, we love pie, sort of thing. And I think the thing that I think sits worst with me as a City fan is you only have to go back what. 15 years, less, 12 years, and City are not in that conversation. City, are, City. let's let's be honest, City got to sit at the top table because they were given a huge leg up by the investment from Sheikh Mansour. That, that was not possible. And um, they got a lot of money. They were able to buy some good players and, and start winning games, and that's how they got up the table. There was, you get the... Um, the odd Leicester from time to time winning the title. But that happens. I mean, the odds of that happening at the start of that season were what, 5,000 to one, was it? It's like, <laughs> like there's a reason that was 5,000 to one. Um, so many stars have to align for that to happen. And you, you go back to, to when City won the title in the 60s, for instance, and that City side was able to be built on a, on a similar budget to, to every other side in, in that league. They'd been promoted only, uh, you know, a couple of seasons before that under Joe Mercer and, and Malcolm Allison, and there was, uh, there was, we have to acknowledge that in the last, well, what, 30, 40 years or so of the of top flight in England, I'm not even talking about, you know, the the, the beginning of the Premier League. It, it's the number of clubs that have access to winning the title is dramatically reduced. Um, and that's purely because of how much money and the prize money and and the the how much money the, the 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 game has become worth for these top clubs to keep earning more money. So for them to then turn around and say, uh, "No, this this isn't enough. We we want to protect our interests and go and play against all the other prestigious clubs, and and we'll keep even more of the money for ourselves." It just it, it stinks to high heaven and. To, to be a fan of a club that, that 15 years ago would be on the outside with its nose pressed up against the glass going, look, can we come in? And the other club's going, no, no, you can't come in. Um, for us to then turn around and go, maybe this is in our best interests. And yeah, it's fine to to look at, as, as I'm fairly sure the club have been saying behind closed doors, um, 
it's fine for them to say, well, you know, everybody else was doing it. And if we didn't do it as well, we'd get left behind. Well, boo-hoo, you're not going to get any <laughs> sympathy for that, are you? I mean, come off it. Yeah. Um, I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed by it all. And it, it, it leaves a really, really bitterly sour taste in the mouth. As a Manchester City fan, is there a chance, do you think, that this could lead to, you know, when fans can come back into the stadium... Could this lead to boycotts? Um, do you think there's a significant proportion of uh, Manchester City supporters from the local area, for instance, who will just refuse to go to games going forward? I don't know about that. Um, I, the one thing I'll say is um, boycotts haven't necessarily been the thing that City fans have gone to recently. There's been there's a whole um, there's a whole other conversation about ticket prices around City fans, where um, they uh, very briefly. City's ticket prices are uh, consistently going up. They've been going up. I think it's nine of the last 10 years that the prices have gone up, uh, despite there being more TV revenue, despite there being more commercial income than, than ever before. Um, and there's been a group of us, as uh, not insignificant group of us, of uh, City fans who have um, consistently been at the club to try and get them to do something about the, the ticket prices and, and give the fans a bit of a break. Uh, but equally, because City's ticket prices aren't that of Arsenal and they aren't that of Chelsea and they aren't some of the most expensive in the league, mm. it's very easy for the for other sets of City fans to, to turn around and say, well, we're watching very good football. We have to pay for, you know, you have to pay, get what you pay for. That's capitalism sort of thing. Mm. And um so, it, so it, it's very, there's been very, not a lot of, um, the fan base hasn't been very united around that issue. Um, but this issue, I, I mean, I've never seen it unite fans of opposition clubs <laughs> yeah. quite so, so well. I mean, you, you ask your average Manchester United fan, the average Spurs fan, Liverpool fan, you know, Chelsea fan, Arsenal fan, what they think of this. And they'll give you the, pretty much the same answer as the average City fan in that they don't like it. Mm. Um, so maybe this is the unifying factor. And, and the sad thing about it all is, is that, you know, maybe, maybe fans won't go back when they're able to go back. Um, but the last 12 months has, has pretty much told these clubs they don't need the match-going fans there because they that. can just still get on with the game and the global audience will watch it anyway. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that option to boycott it has maybe that ship sailed now because it it doesn't really matter anymore and i guess on a on an on an, an emotional level you're a lifelong manchester city fan how, how does it feel to you to see this happen it's horrific you can't because i mean even if even let, let's say for devil's advocate's sake it all falls through and things go back to as they were the champions league remains in place the premier league remains in place with the t- with these clubs in mm-hmm. and everyone kind of forgets it happened except we don't forget it happened because you can't unring that bell it's like the, the intention is there and it, the intention has been you, you know to to protect their 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 own interests and um it's just, I, I think the thing that I find hardest to grapple with is what I was saying before about the fact that City were, you know, 15 years ago, would not have been included in these plans and would have yeah. would, would have been, you know, looking from the outside in and, uh, you know, watching that drawbridge be pulled up behind all the clubs that City wanted to compete with. Um, and then FFP came along and a lot of City fans... Uh, kind of a lot of city fans were able to see ffp for what it was and it it was very cleverly marketed as uh, a thing to uh, help clubs that uh, to stop clubs from going under and from getting into debt uh, but what it actually did was put up a fence around everybody that was that that was in the top top tier of um 
or the, the, the kind of elite tier of football. Um, and what City very, very cleverly did was make a big song and dance about how we hate that we hate FFP and we hate it as a as a concept. But actually, I think the I, I think the people in charge of City love it because what it does is it is it protects their interests and stops anybody else from doing what City have done. And it makes then the future of it makes City's future a lot more secure because somebody like Aston Villa, for instance, can't come along get a, a really rich rich owner spend an absolute ton of cash like City mm. have done and then usurp City later down the line because like it, it just it's not possible within the rules now and the rules are written by these clubs with the most power here we are again it's the same self-fulfilling prophecy um, and I, I liked to think maybe naively that City City could see through that a little bit and, and might uh, might fight it but now they've they've just they've just gone along with it and that's I I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I was saying uh, earlier. I mean, to give the the listeners a little peek behind the curtain. This isn't. This is the second time we've talked. We've talked about this because uh, <laughs> everything we said on the last podcast has gone completely out of date with the news on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was saying maybe that'll be what it is that 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 kind of makes me turn my back on City. And the more and more I think about it, the more I sit here and think how much they have got me by the balls that mm. even as, as distasteful as this is, I'm still not considering walking away from supporting that club. Maybe it makes me hypocrite. I don't know. Um, but it just, it, it just goes to show how, how little fan power there is anymore. And you yeah. give give what, what they used to be in, in football. Um, we just do not matter to these, to these football clubs anymore. We, we just don't. And I guess I'll just read a couple of facts to you from, uh, I'm taking this from the BBC, that the, the Super League would have 20 teams of these, the 12 founding members, plus three more yet to join, would be permanent members and would never face relegation. Um, five other sides would be expected to qualify on an annual basis. They argue they would give uh, uncapped solidarity payments to European football, which they say will be higher than those generated by current European competitions. Do you have any thoughts on, on that? Um, all I'd say is they would say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that there's, that, that, of course, they would say, "Well, this is this is going to be better than the thing that exists already." And like, I'm, we have to be very careful not to paint the Premier League and not to paint uh, UEFA and uh, FIFA as these benevolent forces in football that uh, have only the good of football <laughs> at heart. They don't. They, they really don't. If this was a UEFA scheme. Uh, where UEFA were making a lot more money out of this, then UEFA would be just as happy to push this as these as these clubs are. Mm. Um, so I, I think that the relegation thing, or the, the lack of a rele- of relegation, is an interesting thing because I, I fail to see how that in any way helps it be competitive. Because mm. I, I mean, first things first, you're like providing there are no sanctions on the players who are playing in this so they can still play for their country and they can still play in international tournaments then where's their incentive to not play in this to mm. to to stick with the premier league or to uh, i mean I, I my personal thing is i don't think there's going to come a situation where the premier league expels these teams i don't see that happening right um i think that that probably hurts the premier league brand too much and again they're down to it's down for them it's 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 very easy for them to say look we these clubs have uh, have forced this but they don't want to harm their own brand and while these clubs are in it they will still make more money than when they're not in it and that's all it comes down to 
Um, so I don't see I don't see that happening. I the, the international football thing is interesting because that could change yeah. the picture a little bit, as well as uh, if if I mean the UK government could litig- could uh, step in on this and and and, and kind of uh, litigate against it. I don't know to what extent, but I mean say there's a proposal to make sure that all clubs are a percentage fan owned that changes the landscape quite a bit yeah, and, yeah. And, and and changes kind of how how this will be viewed and i don't think those clubs that are threatening this super league have, have particularly thought that bit through but then again why, why would they think of it <laughs> um and so the fact that there is that, that, that you are guaranteed a place in this every year i mean like what's the point what mm. it's like winning the Audi Cup every summer. Like who 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 gives a damn? Like what's what is the point of winning the international champions cup when you're only invited into it because you, because you're one of the teams that people like to watch the most. It's not like it's, it, it's there's there's a reason City have been chasing the Champions League for ten years and have and have got the closest they've ever got is the semi final in 2016 and the semi final this season. Yeah. Um, that there's prestige to winning that because of how difficult it is to win. Uh, you can't you can't win a competition where you qualify simply because of what you're called, mm-hmm. and go, yeah, well, that's fantastic that we've won this. Aren't, aren't we brilliant? It's it, like it doesn't mean anything. It mean like even the Champions League is a bit of a it, it's a bit of a fad in that um, you, you you don't have to win your you'd have to win your league to be in it. You just need to yeah. finish near the top of it. Um, and you know, with the expansion plans announced at the same time, you, like you only need to, to finish within breathing distance of the top, and you've and you're probably in it at some point. Um, I just, I, I just hate it. I hate, I hate, I hate everything about it. Mm. Football at its most exciting are those knockout ties where there is jeopardy. Borussia Dortmund against City a few weeks ago was was a fantastic tie, simply because. Dortmund might not qualify for next season's Champions League, and that's uh, their jeopardy is in that they need to get they want to get through into this competition because they're struggling for it for next season. That makes it interesting. What's the point of of City against Barcelona three times a season every season till the end of time? Really, what's what's the point of it? <laughs> mm. Neither neither of them ever under threat of ever getting relegated. Of ever of ever stopping that happening? Yeah. Mm. Um, it's interesting. It kind of resembles almost an NFLization of European football. Um, I guess in the NFL, you'd have somebody like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, down in Florida, and then all the way up in Pacific Northwest, you've got the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and then if you live in those local areas in Tampa or Seattle, you have a local team effectively to go support. But if you're in the US and you live in somewhere in the middle of, say, Montana, you don't really have a local team that's anywhere realistically close by to go support. So you support your college team. And that makes me wonder what would be, what would be the consequences for a team like Villa or Everton or Sevilla in Spain and then teams even lower down the pyramid? Um, what's the consequences for them? Do they effectively just become a local college team? Um, because people in, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand the American system quite that well. If I'm being honest with you, so I. I. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, there's there's a number of possible branches here. Uh, if these clubs, if the most extreme happens and these clubs are expelled from the Premier League and they go away, they take their ball and go and play somewhere else. That's that's probably the worst of all worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they're they're playing in a league against themselves, where they're never going to be relegated from it, and they're all you know all the games mean nothing in the end. As a fan of one of those teams, I'm not happy watching that. Um, as a Villa fan yourself, if, if if the top 
teams all pissed off out of the Premier League, then yeah, you might have a better chance of winning the league. But does it mean anything anymore? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Does it mean anything to Everton for if, if they win the Premier League in three seasons' time, but they've not had to beat Liverpool to do it and they've not had to beat United to do it and all that sort of yeah. thing? What needs, what needs to happen more is there has to be an, a, a way to give the clubs who need that leg up, like City needed in 2008, there needs to be a way to give them that without it being, you need to find a rich owner to pump a, an absolute fuck ton of cash into this team. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, I don't know what, I, I don't know what these clubs, if it, I mean, the, the flip side is, let's say City, Liverpool, United, all, all stay in the Premier League, um, but they're earning double the prize money that they were earning previously. That isn't going to help Aston Villa close the gap to the top of the table, <laughs> because what are City going to do? They're going to they look at Villa's targets and go, "Hmm, he's a really good player." Or, or City could quite easily look like look at Jack Grealish this summer, yeah. knowing full well that they're getting what is it one twentieth of of what was it three and a half billion pounds? Yeah, um, they could quite easily look at Jack Grealish and go, "Yeah, he's quite good. Let's uh, let's pay him a lot of money to come and play for us." Yeah, and like they can already do that now. If they can do that to an even greater scale, then all it does is widen the gap. So the the absolute worst case scenario is that nobody's happy with these uh, with, with with these two kind of with the breakaway and the what's left of the Premier League. Um, and then the best case scenario is that they all stay in the Premier League and earn more money than they used to. And how is that <laughs> helping anybody? Yeah. Um, so I just I find it I find it so so abhorrent and distasteful and. Um, and yet here I am considering kind of what what my support of Manchester City will look like in the future because um, if it's a case of as is being proposed they'll play the Premier League at weekends and, and this Super League in midweeks um, I I already it depends on what the club does with my season ticket because I already I, I already very rarely go to Champions League games as a bit of a um as a bit of a thing on on the the cost of going to Champions League games because I I don't think they're priced very very well or very fairly and I don't think the group stages are worth paying for because of the seeding system that skews it in City's favour they're not entertaining games to watch um, so it's yeah it's a tricky one if if there is some sort of situation where the midweek European games are rolled into your season ticket I then probably have to make a decision if I'm going to if I'm going to give up my season ticket and just watch from afar mm-hmm. or whether I'm going to go to these games or whether I'm going to get my season ticket and not turn up to these games I don't know um we'll cross that bridge when we come to it there's a lot of there's a lot of discussions to be had and one thing I will say about um discussions to be had by the way is is uh it, it's it's interesting to watch FIFA and UEFA and the FA and the Premier League all come out very strongly against this uh, and yet see in the Super League statements that uh, discussions were still ongoing right um so I I, I wonder I wonder how much poker is being played at the moment, and how much how how much more uh, bluff there is to be played. Um, and again, my gut instinct is that we probably end up somewhere in the middle, where this European Super League happens, but it replaces the Champions League, and uh, what's left is a UEFA Cup style competition that is rebranded as the Champions League for mm. everyone that's left. And that I'm, I mean, you can probably tell by my tone, I'm not particularly enthusiastic about that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess uh, a question I would have as well is 
how far does this go? You know, I mean, we've seen this go ahead without any kind of fan consultation, at least that I'm aware of. Um, at what point in the future do the owners of these clubs decide, you know what, El Clasico, I think we should, we're a global brand, so we should play this yeah. game in Miami. The, My- the Manchester Derby, do you know what, I think that would look good in Saudi Arabia or in Beijing in China. And um, Okay, fine. There's the, the, these clubs have global fan bases and we can't like, deny that. Um, but at the same time, um, also at what point do you potentially see a scenario like what we saw with Wimbledon where 20 years ago they were moved to Milton Keynes and rebranded as the MK Dons. At what point maybe do one of these clubs no longer be called a Manchester City or a Liverpool yeah. and suddenly they find themselves with different names? Um, that's, the, that's the next step, isn't it? I think, um, and like, I, I, I would find it very, very difficult, I'm not going to lie, to support a team that was uh, branded Citizens FC, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... I, I don't I I hmm I identify with the brand of Manchester City, but that's again through years of indoctrination and growing up and yeah. in, in, in the way that 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 happens with football fans. So I don't know. I I I just wonder if um, the time for fighting any sort of well, the t- I do think the time for fighting any sort of action like this has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's too late for us now as 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 fans we can't we we can't affect this because ultimately as as i said before the, the the pandemic has proven to these clubs they don't really need the match going fan um the percentage of income that they get from those those people is now ultimately neg- negligible and if they can earn what is it th- again three and a half billion between 20 of them over uh, you know just by forming a new super league they'll do that because that's mm. far more than they can earn from charging me what seventy quid to turn up to to a game for ninety minutes? Because I'm not because I because I I don't buy food and drink in the stadium, so they can't they can't get me with that ridiculous markup. Um, but equally, it's like yeah, who who what what can we realistically do now to stop this from happening? Because they've they, they've obviously the, the worst bit is they've looked at the potential consequences and decided that they're not that that that, that isn't bad enough to stop them doing taking this action. And one of the consequences is that it's going to piss off thousands and thousands of fans. Um, they looked at that as a consequence and went, nah, we'll be all right. Yeah. And that's, that, that's it. Ultimately that, that is, um, that, that, that takes the power away from, from, from the fans. That's quite a message to have sent, isn't it? I think that was, it really did feel like, I think they, they knew the consequences that, or the, the negative reaction they would get and they factored that in and they've thought, and they just did it. it. Yeah. Um, and I'll re- I read you a quote actually from Sky Sports, where they said our primary. They're quoting one of the board members of the Eng- of an English club that's joined the Super League, and they said our primary job is to maximise our revenues and profits. The wider good of the game is a secondary concern. Which, if that's a, if that's an a- true, um, it's a quite a concerning thing to to be well, hearing. They, I, so they, there you have it. Um, mm. I mean, again, let's not pretend that football is this benevolent thing yeah. that uh, is there for the good of the world. It's not. It's a business, and it, like any business, it has to make money. Uh, it just so happens to be one of the most lucrative businesses on the planet. And so yeah. I fully, I fully understand and sympathise with that. But it doesn't make it any less distasteful that that this has happened the way it's happened. Mm. Um, I mean. Let's. I'll give you an example again on the ticket prices thing. I had a meeting with with somebody at City years and years ago uh, to talk about ticket prices. Uh, I put in from the podcast. I put in a, a media request and basically said, "Look, can I even if it's off the record? Can can I sit down and talk to somebody about this?" 
And one of the details I was told was every, every commercial part of City has to grow their revenue at, at, you know, season on season. So they have to get more in sponsorships next season than they got this season. They have to get more in this, in that, in, in the other. And one of those pie charts is ticket prices and, and, and match day revenue. And my question back was, well, but if, if sponsorship is increasing by 300% and that's bringing in an extra 200 million pounds or whatever, why do you need an extra 100,000 pounds Hmm. on the ticket price uh, or or the the fan kind of uh, match day revenue uh, pie chart? And the answer that kept coming back was because that's what, because every club, every area of the, of, of, uh, of the club needs to increase its revenue. And like, that isn't an answer. And mm. so when, when you see just how focused they are on generating more income, it's, like it's, 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 actually a, it's probably actually a surprise that it's taken this long for this sort of thing to happen because, mm. it, you know, there's, there's been ample opportunity in the past. Um, and it just, I mean, again, at a time when fans haven't been able to go to games, football has been, they, they shaped themselves as uh, we are working hard to provide everybody with a distraction during the horrific times of the, of the COVID pandemic. Mm. Um, and then it, it feels like what they've done is, is, is turn around and go, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. Now, now let's slap you in the face with a wet fish and see what <laughs> happens. And yeah. it just like, and, and we're supposed to go, we're supposed to lap it all up and go, this is fantastic. We're going to get to see uh, City play all of the best teams all of the time for, until the end of time. And we like, that's, that's not how you get big games. You get big games by contrasting them with other games. Yeah. Uh, like what's, what, what would you say is Villa's biggest game of the season? I mean, normally, you know, any of the local rivals, it'd be it, Birmingham City are, are a big one, but we don't really play them very often considering we're not in the same league too often. Um, and then, of course, yeah. you'd have West, West Brom this well. season. West Brom Wolves, and Wolves, West Brom. yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, like, like you, you don't get those, like, you're not going to be able to manufacture that between City yeah. and Barcelona and City and Real Madrid. It's just, it's, it's just, it's not possible. Um, and that's, that's the element that I feel is being sucked out of the game. And, like, I don't know. Ask, ask me again in like if it launches next year. I, you know, ask me again in twelve months' time how I'm feeling, and I can't imagine I'm going to be feeling any better about it. Let's put it that way. All villa, no filler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Man City and Aston Villa are due to play this week, and it would have been extremely interesting to have seen the fan reaction within the stadium if the if it was a sellout. You yourself, do you th- if you if you were able to go to the game, do you think you might not go uh, in a, as a former process, or if you went, do you think you might be making some noises against the Super League? Or um, I honestly don't know. And, and if I'm being perfectly honest, to say that I wouldn't go, I probably probably just be posturing because I probably mm. would go. Um, but I mean, that's that's only because I have a season ticket and I've paid my money. Yeah. So. Uh, if I hadn't had a season ticket, would I be inclined to buy a ticket? That's a different question. I don't know. Right. Um, so I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I'm, I'm not in the mood right now to renew my season ticket for when I'm able to go back to games. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, whether or not that changes between now and when the renewal window opens, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still a bit raw at the moment as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more details about what this plan is, because again, like I was saying before, if it, if it is simply a replacement to the champions league and that's, that's what it ends up being and city still playing the premier league. Fine. I guess I can probably live with that. It's not, it's, I, you know, city has been a big part of my life for 33 years. Yeah. I'm not going to, 
if I cut my nose off at this point, am I really doing it just to spite my face or am I doing it to make a, a, a grander point? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I'm just really tired, Mike. That's yeah. <laughs> really, really tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of in a state of, um, I feel almost hungover. Uh, it just came yeah. out. It's, it's, it was such a out of the blue statement yesterday, and uh, I'm still, I think, like yourself, still processing what this all means. And and I, I barely slept as well. And that's and like part of me wonders if it was released at the time it was because you know who's awake at that time? Yeah, most of America. Yeah. And it just yeah. like, like, even that was, it was two o'clock in the morning here. I was lying awake in bed going, well, maybe that was the reason why it was released so late on a Sunday <laughs> evening. And maybe that's why I'm now thinking about it consistently at the time when I actually, I just want to go to sleep, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> considering, uh, considering everything that's happened this weekend and also Man City's quadruple dreams sort of faded away with the, the loss to Chelsea. Uh, oh God, give me, give me a time when I could go back and be angry about that. Oh goodness, <laughs> yeah. mate, I, I'd, I'd live to just be angry about having lost the semi-final now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, with the Villa coming up and Kevin De Bruyne, is, uh, it looks like he's, he's, got, he's picked up an injury. Um, can I get your prediction for the game? It all feels a bit like it's overshadowed at the moment, but I, I, I better get your <laughs> prediction for the game if I can. Yeah, um, I, I haven't even thought about it. Like City have a game on Wednesday. I don't even think about it. That's yeah, that's, yeah. that's mad. Um, I don't know. I think um, I, I, I suspect that uh, having lost against Chelsea and having lost against Leeds last weekend, um, I think he'll play a stronger team than he particularly wanted to. And I don't think that's really in Villa's favour. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say 2-1 City. Uh, I think he will... I think he'll play a weak inside, um, but I don't think it'll be as anywhere near as rotated as as the Chelsea game or the or the Leeds game. And like City City's squad is good enough anyway with the depth to to play a rotated side and win. Um, but there are a string of players who are either out of form or uh, just playing really disjointedly in that rotated side at the moment, and it gives teams an opportunity to to land a punch. Um, and I think he is desperate to not give anybody that so much of an opportunity given that it's now the gap at the top is now eight points and I mean yeah. it's it's eight points and they need 11 from the remaining games they should be fine um and they should what they like what they should do is focus entirely on that cup final with with Spurs at the weekend yeah. like, I guarantee you he'll go near full strength now and, and 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 try and get this game done because of of the last couple of results yeah my prediction of 6-1 vengeance uh has, has just faded away somewhat i think so <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't think that's gonna happen so uh yeah i'm uh, uh i've never looked forward to playing man city even before your takeover you always seem to have a voodoo <laughs> over us so i'm uh, uh particular- we've not got darius for sale anymore so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not particularly looking forward to this game this week No, David, it's been brilliant having you on. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about the Super League. I know it's a very raw and tough subject to get our heads around just so soon after it's been announced, but we'll um, we'll see how it goes going forward. Yeah, let's see, let's see what happens, shall we? Yeah, and uh, it's goodbye from me. Uh, I'll be back with George and Roisin later this week to talk all things Villa. Um, but until then, come on, Super Villa. Mm-hmm.